Hey everybody and welcome to Roll It, a movie podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Ryan, and with me as always is my friend and co-host, Ty Lore. How you doing, Ty? What's going on, man? <laughs> Not much. Uh, both got We both got our drinks tonight. We're, we're yeah. ready to record. You talked me into it. I know. Like, it's late. I got to work tomorrow. Do I want to make a drink? But, yeah. you know, yeah, you do. I, gave in, I gave in to the peer pressure for once. This isn't a normal thing, but I felt like being generous to you. This so. is the one time I've ever peer pressured Ryan in my entire life. <laughs> Maybe, you got there, your... Uh, there might have been another time or two, but I feel like this is the easiest, at least. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it doesn't happen that often. Uh, what do you What do you got? Some kind of spritz? Yeah, I think uh, pomegranate thyme spritz or pomegranate vodka spritz. Really um, fancy stuff. It is fancy, yeah. Uh, it's good. Made some simple syrup, you know, no big deal. But uh, yeah, it's like basically ginger beer, pomegranate, that spritz or that syrup, and uh, what else is there? Some lime juice and a lot of vodka. Thyme. Some thyme, yeah. Some thyme yeah. and then vodka. And you mix that up and mix it in a little pitcher. So fancy, fancy out here, man. Shake it all fancy, up. Fancy. Yeah. What are you drinking? Ricky? I got, got, got a gin Ricky. <laughs> gin Ricky. That, that's what I got cooking. Isn't that a card game? Uh, it sounds like a card game. Uh, I think, are you thinking a gin rummy? That's gin rummy. Oh, sorry. Yeah. And Jiminy Crickets. I'm getting them mixed up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Uh, this week we are talking about a, uh, a wild ride of a film. We're talking about the 1997 version of Funny Games, written and directed by Michael Haneke, starring Ulrich Muir, Mew? I don't know, how, how do you say that U with the dots over I thought it was Muir. In German. I thought it was Muir, Muir there's no, I don't know. There's no, there's no R. So it still might be Muir, I, I don't know. Muir, I don't, yeah. Mew. I... Ulrich Mew? Suzanne Lothar, Arno Frisch, and Frank Gearing. So, uh, would you? <laughs> I ta- I gave you a couple options this week, and you're like, "Well, Funny Games looks pretty messed up. Let's do that." So I have. So you- what I said was. So turns out, <laughs> spoiler alert: Funny Games is not a comedy. It is um, not. You, did you ask me that? I can't even remember now. I don't. Or I think I <laughs> messaged you back and said, "Funny Games doesn't look funny at all." <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, what was I saying? Oh, uh, you know, I was like, I haven't watched a good, like, I haven't watched a horror film in a while and it's not, it's not really a horror film. I wouldn't even classify it as that. It's a thriller. And yeah, it's a thriller. I think when I looked it up, I, I think I, the, my first thought was, uh, oh, like horror thriller kind of thing. And I was like, I haven't seen, I haven't seen one of those in a while. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I was like, let's do that one. And you you hadn't seen it before either, so, you know, right? Yeah, I knew I knew a decent amount. I knew the general uh, premise and what he was playing on, and that you know. Uh, but See, I had not I didn't seen know any of that until afterwards, versions. which I think was better for for me. Yeah, it's good if you don't. It's good if you don't. Well, I'll we'll talk about that. But I think it is. It does make it hit harder if you have no idea what you get into. Like I had yeah. an idea what I was getting into, but like I think about. I was reading a couple articles, and I think about them when he when they showed it can, and uh, oh yeah, and everybody like well we'll get to it, but when when she blasts uh now I can't I think Peter when she blows him away with the shotgun, mm-hmm. and then you know the remote control part like everybody cheered when she blasted him away, and then and the then remote control part like where's the remote yeah 
Like, if you have no idea what you're getting into, you're like, what the hell yeah. is going on? You know, and then you're like, well, because the, then at that point, once it reverses and that doesn't happen, then you know, you're like, well, yeah. they're going to die. They don't have any chance. You know, they're done. But anyway, sorry, I I, uh, I came into your intro, so keep going. Oh, no, oh, you were good. Um, Yeah, it's a crazy movie. Uh, Great acting all around, like amazing acting. Um. Yeah, uh, I don't really have much more to say on it, and like until we get into it, because yeah, it is kind of like, you know, we, it's just one of those things that we need to get into. You know what I mean? Yeah, and we you you mentioned before we started recording how like you watched the trailer for the American version, and you're like, it doesn't look yeah. as good, and I I do think it does get lesser reviews, and I think part of that, like you mentioned, the acting, and I do think the acting is very good in this, and I think part of that is. I think a lot of times is Americans, especially with people that are in less actors from other countries who are in less films in general, and then especially films that we as Americans see. Uh, I think you've it lets you kind of soak into like a sense of realism more than like when you're like, oh, that's Leonardo DiCaprio. You know, I know him, right? And it, yeah. it keep it kind of keeps you keeps you away, which is interesting that Haneke does that. Or that movie has that effect, but he's also kind of contradicting that at the same time by pulling you out all the time and reminding you that it's, you know, it is a movie that you're watching. Um, but yeah. I do think the performances are great. And I think there's a lot of like, I think part of that is like the character, they feel like real people. They feel like real characters, like both in the writing and the performances, they don't feel like just two dimensional people from like a thriller or a horror movie that bad stuff happens to. Like a lot of times they do. You know what I mean? Well, and I, and like I, I think feel too, like with foreign films, it's easier to like you were just saying. You know, it's easier to disconnect. Like it almost feels more real. Like almost like it's a documentary. Or you know what I mean? Like it almost just feels more right. They I mean, feel like, like normal people. Yeah, they feel like normal. Pe- they feel like they could just be your neighbors because they look but like you your neighbors and they sound like your neighbors and you know. Right, but they still need to have good acting to portray that. Because if the acting was bad, then I don't think it would come off that way, even if you didn't know. Right. Like, you know, before you watch The Room, you don't know anybody in the in that because they're all terrible actors. But you don't get a sense of realism of the characters because they're so bad. Right. Um. So, what but anyway, think I think... This was your first watch, too. Yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty great. Um, I think he's doing a lot of interesting stuff here. A lot of bold things, you know, that... I, I, I admire it as a I think it, it does what it's trying to do and it does it well. I just admire the the uh the gumption or the guts to actually put this on the film. Uh so I think that's impressive. I think the performances are great. Um it's just like it's just super bold in what it's trying to do and also really messed up and <laughs> It's not it's not fun to watch, but like you want to keep watching it. I feel like, or at least I did. You know what I mean? And I think that's part of Haneke's point. Um, so maybe so I have I'm a question people... for you. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I, like yeah, you were just saying. I mean, it's terrible. Like, I, I don't think we've gotten to the gist of the movie. Uh, so maybe we should jump into the summer before I ask you this. But like you were saying, like at the end. It almost starts over again on repeat. Only you know what I mean. Like now it's Paul's turn, kind of thing. Did you? Was there like a little bit of you that was like, I just kind of want to see a little bit more, right before it ended? 
No, I don't like, do think, you think that. They, because like, you get they, the full circle. You get the full yeah, circle. Yeah, it's full there, circle, like, but like, you know, obviously like the golf clubs probably aren't the same deal. You know what I mean? Like the well, first yeah, thing probably isn't the same. Like how do they – it's almost so – I think what really got, got me about it was uh, – well, all right. Let's. I mean, maybe we should jump into the summer before I. Yeah, but I'll do that. But yeah, I think I didn't want to watch more. I was kind of satisfied isn't the right word, but like you get the full, you get the full circle, and it's like, well, they they killed their original neighbors, and they killed them. It's like, but were their original neighbors the first one? And that that's what I'm saying. Like, how long does this go on? Kind of thing is the only reason I was like curious. But then I think that's why it ends, starts and ends in a good place. It bookends with the screamo music, and you're like, they, he doesn't want to give an answer because it is an. I think it's, it is purposely like this is an endless cycle of violence, and there's nothing right. you can do about it. They're gonna keep yeah. going, and just like you're gonna keep watching violent movies, and just well, like what, the audience. What I was yeah, and violence. that's exactly where I was getting to. Where I was like, maybe so. I think that's the thing. Like at the end, it's like you know, you know how it goes, but you still kind of want. A little bit more right you're still gonna you know so that's the it's the same kind of concept is with like the i guess uh what he's saying with media or with the medium with the genre really yeah you're still gonna tune into the next thriller movie that comes out that releases you know even though and it's been you've been you know you've been watching since you know you watch psycho well you didn't watch it in 1960 but you know like been it's been like that forever and you're gonna keep tuning in to watch this violence and on screen and you love it you sickos you know which and which is kind of funny you, oh go ahead i was just gonna say and that's haneke saying i'm gonna give you what you want and show you the cycle and that you're part of this part of this problem i guess uh because and that's why people keep people keep people keep pumping it out uh because you keep watching it and you're part of the you're part of the problem for sure. And, you know, I think too, like it's kind of funny because then 10 years later, what's he do, but come out with a shot for shot remake of his well, initial yeah, movie I'll... that. <laughs> yeah. I want to talk about that. I think there's like a meta aspect of that, that he's like, I'm going to release this and that'll just be more of a meta point of what it's saying about violence and people wanting to watch the same things over and over again, which I think is, is ballsy in a way but also it's like i mean we get it man like do you have to make a full a full film like funded by the studio system in america with american actors to like just pretty much to prove a point like i get why like i don't know if that's the sole reason i think he did want to get it seen by more american audiences because like i think the initial one was (laughs) Uh, a lot of the critique was upon American audiences, you know, not 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 necessarily Aust- Austrian or German or European audiences. Yeah. Um, and just not a lot of Americans saw it, you know, that weren't out looking for films like this. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's part of it. He wanted to get it to a broader audience, but I think I feel like part of it's just him saying like, this was the whole point of the last one is that you guys keep watching like, you know, violence on screen. You keep partaking in it, so I'm going to do the exact same thing, and you suckers are going to do it. This you're going to watch it again, even though I literally released this ten years ago, yeah. the same exact movie. But you're going to tune in again, just cause almost you can't just get like enough. holding a mirror up, like look at you. Yeah, you pieces of garbage. Yeah, 
But anyway, so yeah, well, we might talk about that more. But yeah, I thought thought that was interesting. But it's also why I have no real desire to watch the remake. Uh, even though I like Naomi Watts and I like Tim Roth, but like I don't know if I have much of a desire to watch it. Uh, because I'm, what are yeah. you gonna get out of it? Um, and I think so, I think it would seem like uh, it would seem like a rip ripped off version of the original. Right, which even though, is so even funny. though it's it, it, yeah, right, because it's the same. It's the same freaking director. <laughs> like, who makes a shot for shot remake of? I mean, he's got guts. I'll give him that. Like to make a full shot for shot remake of a film you wrote and direct, you directed. Like it's crazy. But yeah, yeah I don't have much of a desire. So, and by the way, at most everything we say besides like specific actor performances. If you watch the 2007 version, it's pretty much the same deal. Uh, you know, to one extent or another. Uh, in terms of what Haneke's saying through film and what he's kind of portraying in the larger scope of things and specific plot points, stuff like that, you're pretty much going to get the same thing from both of these. Uh, you know, so anyway, with that disclaimer, I'm going to go into a recap. I think we should. I think we should. <laughs> so. George, wife Anna, and their son Georgie go to their vacation home for a relaxing vacation weekend. Once there, they meet Peter and Paul. Paul comes out with oh, Paul comes out with their neighbor to help George launch their boat while Peter goes to the house shortly after looking to borrow some eggs from Anna for the same neighbors. While there, oh wait, which one's that? Peter. <laughs> While there, Peter breaks the eggs and drops Anna's phone in the water, ruining it. After giving him more eggs and asking him to leave, she finds he and Paul in the house together, seeking refuge, supposedly, from their dog, and looking for even more eggs because he dropped them again. Anna smells that something is wrong, but lets Paul try one of their golf clubs because he seems interested in the game. She then tries to make them leave, and then George comes in to do the same, but Paul smashes George's knee with the golf club, rendering him incapable of walking. Soon, Peter and Paul want to play quote-unquote games, betting that all three of the family members will be dead within 12 hours. Soon, Georgie is able to run away and escape, but once he reaches their neighbor's house, he finds them dead, likely due to Paul and Peter. Georgie is soon tracked down by Paul and brought back to the house. Soon after, Georgie is killed. Peter and Paul leave, giving time for Anna to escape for help, but she runs back into them again while she's looking. They bring her back to the house and soon kill George. When morning arrives, Peter and Paul take Anna out on the boat and unceremoniously push her overboard to drown, winning their bet with an hour to spare. They then show up at the next neighbor's house that they met the day before to start their games all over again. End of movie. So, yeah, that wasn't, like you said, that wasn't very funny. Um, no, didn't laugh at all. <laughs> not even once. Not even once. Uh, so what do you want to, we, we already, I think we covered most of the subjects we were going to talk about in the, before the recap. Um, but what do you want to talk about more or what do you want to talk about as well as those? Uh, yeah. Hmm. Give me a direction. Well, well, uh, well, I mean, I think the first thing that kind of struck me and made me hit the old Google machine was their names, Peter and Paul. 
Because like right. I was like, that's that's interesting that you know they chose Peter and Paul's names, and, and they go by a bunch of different names throughout the the film. Yeah, um, some butthead. Yeah, and what was the other one? Uh, well, he keeps calling him Tubby. Mm. Uh, there was another one. Anyways, yeah, I Any, know there was, but, but anyway, you know, Peter and Paul were essentially the, and this so, this is, I'm gonna mess up his name. How do you say? How do you say his name? The director's name, Haneke. Yeah, Michael Haneke. Uh, this is, I need to look at his name because I can't even think of it. <laughs> Haneke. Am I saying that right? Mike. Yeah, Michael Haneke. You're saying it right. I. All right. And it's like it's our American accent. We're not gonna say it right, but like that's the general premise. So I think Haneke. You know, Haneke. He wanted to put it up. Don't confuse me now, Ron. Haneke wanted to <laughs> hey, just... pull up, put this mirror up to the genre of thriller and and horror, right. kind of like we had been talking about before. And I think too, like that he named the two psych psychopathic uh, brothers, friends, whatever they are, Peter and Paul, which are largely looked at as kind of like two martyrs, like the two first martyrs for. Christianity or like two of the, the two people who kind of uh, helped kickstart the religion to a broader audience. And uh, right. so I thought that was interesting. I mean, everything throughout this movie is so detailed and meaningful, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, I think uh, No, everything. I mean, everything is definitely on purpose here. Uh, yeah. Haneke's doing everything on purpose to either uh, give you the feel of what the exact like beat of a thriller and also subverting it at the same time. You know, he's he's not giving you he's not giving you the catharsis that you want from a normal thriller, but he's giving you everything else, you yeah. know, so that I think that's everything is very purposeful. But I don't know. I didn't think because it's impossible to see Peter and Paul and not think like, what's the point of those names? You know, exactly. But but when you're thinking about that, you're like, what is the point of those names? Like, I don't. Well, because they are perpetuating this genre, much like Peter and Paul, like perpetuate on with Christianity. That's how I looked at it. I guess that was the point I was trying to make. That is an interesting look. I didn't I didn't I didn't catch that. That, Okay, uh, yeah, that's in like how they kind of. uh they were so devout to Christ and Christianity that they wanted to spread it to kind of everybody in the same way that Peter and Paul and and through this genre of thriller kind of, you know what I mean? It kind of reflects that genre in a way where it's like keep continuously spreading. Which makes sense because like, it's not like they're just characters in a thriller. They are actively participating in what they know is a thriller. Right. To an extent, you know, because of the fourth wall breaking. So it is like it is it is very much like that then because they're they're active participants, active participants in furthering the medium and pushing exactly. it forward because they're like, you know, even to that thing at the end where they're talking about what's real and what's not real. You know, they're talking about what makes the medium real. So they're like totally engulfed in the medium and pushing, you know, this reality, their reality towards us but they know it's a fake reality but does it matter and all that stuff and then you get all that you know but no i think that uh, that is super interesting did you watch uh talk about this film on the criterion channel 
I did not. Oh, Ryan, how the turntables, <laughs> my dude. How the turntables. Um, I'm proud so of you, he, buddy. Yeah, so, I mean, I have a lot to talk about here. Uh, so, it, yeah, we were. I don't want to just say something and then dismiss it. So I want to go back to we were saying how everything is on purpose in this movie. So he originally wrote this script in the 60s, like the late 60s. And he kind wow. of forgot about it. As a young man. As a young man, he was working in German TV. Okay. And he kind of forgot about it or whatever. He was kind of like, he, he let one other person read it, and they were kind of like, meh. And he was kind of like, meh. <laughs> and he revisited it years later. And that's kind of, so like, he, he kind of had this concept. And then I think it kind of transformed into this uh, criticism of the genre, you know, in a way. And uh, mm-hmm. he talks about, he talks about, uh, when he was talking with the the actors beforehand, so you have Peter and Paul, and then you have the family, right? Mm. Peter and Paul, he he told them that he wanted them to act in in play in essentially different movies, like think of it in different movies where Peter and Paul are experiencing this and acting through this movie like it's just a drama or like you know it's just a you know whatever kind of movie where the family is acting. The, the actors who act as a family are acting like it's in a horror. They're, you know what I mean? They're portraying their right. roles it's, in a thriller, and the other two are essentially whatever if you want to. I mean, like even, different planes even look of reality, at it, pretty much. Yeah, they, they were operating on two different planes of reality, exactly. And uh, that was all intentional, too, going into this. And when you hear that and you think back on the movie, it makes so much more sense because that's how they could just be so disconnected from each other's realities. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? How Peter and yeah. Paul could be so calm in these crazy situations where they're just, I mean, and, and that's another like wild thing too. Like this movie isn't, you see more violence in uh law, like law and order than you would in this movie. Mm-hmm. All it's of just, it's off screen. Exactly. So, you know, it's, I thought that was really interesting how he basically had these two groups of people living their own different roles in the same movie and that's kind of how he got it to look like how it, I mean how it ended up how it finished out but um, right and, oh I was just gonna say go I think ahead. that's I think that's one of those things that was so refined and that's why everything is so intentional is because when you have a script for 30 years and you can refine it I mean maybe he only looked at it four times in 30 years but every time he looked at it if he made some you know if he if he made some fixes here and there and everything else. It, it's funny. So when he originally wrote the script in the sixties, late sixties, um, I think he got a grant to make the movie and it was like $300,000. Yeah. And he, so he, he did get the grant here. He got a grant and it's funny. Cause he's like, and anybody who's making movies knows you can't make him, you can't make a movie for $300,000. So he just didn't use it really. Mm-hmm. And so it was always like one of those ideas in the back of his head. How, how can he, and Haneke worked in, German TV for decades and he would switch between TV and theater and, and so he had this like such as wide range of understanding the genres I think that this was his way to be extremely critical of it which makes it even funnier when you think about the 2007 shot for shot remake of him perpetuating this thing that he is making fun of being so easy to perpetuate <laughs> right yeah and I think to go back a ways and talk about, well, first of all, you're like, well, you know, go back and tweak it. And I'm sure that's helpful 
you know, you're, you're writing the basic or he had the basic script in like the sixties, but then like how much genres and genre films change over the next, you know, 30 years. To That's the thing. Not thrillers see. that much like, though. You know, it's, it's always, but yeah, but like not necessarily change, but I mean, they do change, you know, but it's, it's also, yeah, you're right. They change, but they don't. And that's him saying, like, look how long this has perpetuated. And I would say they changed in the fact that they've gotten more violent and more gory, you know, yeah, uh, than they were in the 60s or the 50s or whatever, you know. Um, and But it's just gotten worse and worse. And I think that's him saying, like, you know, they've changed. They haven't changed, but they've in ways they have, it's just gotten more violent. But to go back a ways to uh, what you're saying about acting on different planes things, the, the interesting thing is once Peter and Paul, well, pretty much once the golf ball or the golf club incident, we're on the same, we're in the same plane as Peter and Paul, not the family. And every time we think we're on the same plane as the family, Haneke reverses that and puts us with Peter and Paul. So, yeah, of course the you know the the all the fourth wall breaking like the first time we he breaks the fourth wall and looks at the camera and winks when she's looking for the dog. We're we're not only reminded of the movie. We're we're like Paul's like Paul feels like he has a connection with us that the family doesn't have because they're in a horror movie and Paul's like with us watching them you know watching their movie. And then, you know, he, he breaks the ball again when he's like, uh, what's, when's the next time he does? Oh, you're on the next time he does is when they make the bet. Well, yeah, exactly. And he's like, you're on the, you're, you're on their side or you should be right. Um, but like the fact that he even says that to you, the, like the family doesn't acknowledge you, but he does. So you're like. You know, you keep being put in his his uh, his camp of things, and like I said, not only being reminded that there is this is a movie, but also he's pulling you away from the family that you're supposed to be, the corner you're supposed to be in. Um, and then I'll, to bring back to what, oh, go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say I have I, I would argue that point on one level or one okay so. We aren't, yeah, we aren't part of the family, so we're obviously operating on the different playing field. But in the same sense that the family has no idea what's going to happen next, we're we're kind of on their side. So in a weird way, we're playing both fields, you know. I, I yeah, and I think that's right to an extent. But in the same way, well, that's right up until the rewind. Moment. Up until the the yeah the rewind, and then you know that they're all going to die. Um. But what was I going to say? Um, shoot. Oh, and then one of the most notable ones of putting you not necessarily in their corner, but like the, this goes to us talking about that there was there's no violence on screen or very little. The rewind moment is the notable exception. And then that gets taken away from us, which we'll yeah. talk about in a bit. But we don't see the violence on screen. We don't see Georgie die. We we follow Paul into the kitchen where he's just casually making you know getting the stuff for a sandwich, and we hear the gunshot. We hear the struggle and a gunshot, and then you know the screaming and crying um, from George and Anna, and then you know Paul casually walks in. I was like, you know, hey, what happened, man? 
and uh you know you you see the you see the kid with his head blown off you can't see the head but you see the body laying there tv's covered with blood walls covered with blood and you're like wow this is pretty messed up but the fact that you were in the kitchen you know it, it pulls you away and it doesn't let you it doesn't give you the release of seeing the violence on screen you know the, that's because in reality that's why you're going to a thriller movie to be thrilled by the violence to be thrilled by you know the action and seeing what goes on and then right after Haneke flips that on its head even more by not only taking away the violence that you're going to the movie to theoretically watch but once they leave you're left with like a 15 minute scene I don't know how long it is but it is long of them just the literally the most boring scene ever of them sitting there for about five minutes finally getting up they get you know unhooked from or you know not tied up anymore hobble their way into the kitchen you know and talk about leaving but there's a lot of non-action and yeah you're watching this and you're getting bored and you're like, come on, let's 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 do something. And I think that's Haneke saying, like, see, you're not satisfied with watching people just like live and survive. You need that. You need that violence. You need that action to keep you entertained. Um, and then, well, does he? No, no, no. That's later. That's later. So yeah, um, I think I think that's a. I think that's very on purpose. Like that, that boringness is super, uh, super relevant to like the, the framing of, you know, what, uh, what type of movie you're watching. Like we were talking earlier, like whether like Peter and Paul are acting in a drama or even a comedy, I guess pretty much a comedy and, uh, the family's acting in a horror, like you're kind of, when they're doing nothing, you're left with like, well, this isn't, (laughs) This isn't a thriller because I'm not thrilled right now. I'm just watching people just sit down and like be sad. Like that's not exciting. Right. Uh, and that's him, you know, him saying like, you know, what do you, what do you really want from this? What do you, what what are you looking for here? Uh, you missed out on the death. You missed out on, you know, the violence. And now you're just going to watch these people sit there and be sad. So like, you know, yeah. It's kind of him like rubbing your face in it. He's not giving you what you want, and he's kind of making fun of you for wanting that in the first place. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I think... So, another really interesting thing, and and I think I wanted to talk about this is... Because you kind of have this... Or I at least had this feeling... Well, I don't know. There's a couple things I want to say. I don't know where to start, because I don't, I don't want to like jumble us up too much. So to stay on topic with this, I guess. Um, so there's the when when um, I'm trying to think. Oh, geez, why am I losing my train of thought so easily right now? Uh, the spritz, man. No. Um, oh, you were talking about how there's like there's a lot of air. I guess is a good way to put it. There's a lot of just you know waiting, sitting, watch mm-hmm. where. Not, there's a lot of non-action in this movie, um, I guess would yeah. be the best way to it's say it. It's almost all non-action. And one of the best scenes is <clears> essentially, uh, I think it's like, I don't know, close to like a 10-minute uh, straight shot. And it was right after the boy died. And 
yeah, it's like yeah. the mom and she she gets up and she walks over to the the TV and she's just sitting there and you're just sitting in this silence, but the TV's going on in the back. And it's just like mm-hmm. some NASCAR race or something like that. And uh not NASCAR obviously, but um just some like race. And so that scene I think it was like I think it was like five minutes or ten minutes. It um, felt like so long. It did feel like which so is long. the point, but which is the point, right? But it pulls you in the direction of the family again because then you're just like, wow, like what what would you even do in that situation? How terrible mm-hmm. is that? You know what I mean? Like, it, you know, you're just almost like dumbfounded. You're just like, what is even going on? You know, it's crazy. Uh, and I it, so they yeah. shot that. Oh, th- this is going back to like Haneke's like. You know, I watched the. I think it's like twenty minutes, dude. You should watch it. It, uh, it would. It's very well interesting. Um, so he talked about that scene and how emotionally draining it was for the actors because you know, like that's they did it good. So they did it once, and he said it was okay. Then they shot it again, and he was like, it was worse than the first time. And he's like, so I just told him to go to their dressing rooms and he, he told him essentially what he wanted from him and everything. And he's like, just take your time. Cause he knew it was like a rough scene to shoot. You know, he said, mm-hmm. just take your time. And whenever you guys are ready, we're going to be there and ready to shoot. And so they went back down to the set and everybody sat in silence for 30 minutes while they waited for the actors to come in and they went and they set up and they shot it. And that was the scene that we saw. So the entire crew was just sitting there in silence. And then the actors came in to do this scene. And that was the scene that we saw. And I think that was so, like, you you honestly feel like, I felt, like, emotionally, like, at that point, I was just like, holy, I can't even believe it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I was just like, I don't even know what you do at this point. Like, yeah, what do you do? Do you get up? Do you try to run? Like, do you, are they gone? Are they not gone? Right. And you don't Which even is- know if the dad, you don't even know if George is dead to begin with. Because yeah, he's he hasn't there. moved. You don't see him. You see his yeah, legs. You, you kind of figure he's yeah. dead. Yeah, you know? you're like, I don't... So, he didn't get killed, but, like, he's been sitting there for a long time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, I don't know. I thought that was just, like, honestly, out of the entire movie, that... in in knowing that, I too, like... So, when that happened, I was just like, wow. Like, that was... I haven't felt like... Uh, I feel like... I, I guess I haven't felt like that emotional from a movie in so long than I did there where I just felt so terrible for the, these obvious actors in this fake situation, you know, um, where I was just like, this is insane. I think I, I like that scene a lot too. I think it did. It felt long on purpose. And I think that's why it's, it's one of the most important scenes in the movie. Uh, maybe sure. the second, second most important, at least in the top two, I'll give it that if we're doing rankings here. Uh, because you got to put the rewind scene. I mean that that's the crux of the movie right there. It's the rewind scene. Dude, fun fact: um, according to IMDb, he didn't even hit rewind. He hit volume down. You know, I was paying attention. I thought I thought that was the case. I was like, I don't think he hit rewind. But hey, yeah, he was, you know, doing his best, I guess. Um, it was uh, yeah, that was like one of the goofs <laughs> of the movie. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, I think it's I, I think it's one of the most important scenes in the movie because of what I said, like. Because of Haneke's intention of it and like slowing the movie down, like you said, he's putting you back in their corner. You're you're totally you're totally in their movie now at this point. But yeah, to go back to to jump forward in the movie for a minute and to go what 
uh, Paul says in, you know, whatever, 10, 10 or 15 minutes later in the movie, says, we're, we're not even to a feature-length film yet. Don't you, like... Well, he says that. Yeah, dude, when he then, says that, I think that it's was... when, when he... Because that's before George dies. That's when they put the bag over his head. Because that's when he's having her undress. And he's like, hey, we got to... Is that when he says we got to... We got to entertain or we have a duty to entertain or something. Mm. I can't remember exactly the quote. I don't remember or if it was that, there because there's later? a point later on and he's in uh, and, and it was. No, it was after Georgia died and they were sitting on the couch. So it's and after she was she was saying just let like or he was saying just let them kill you. Like, don't just let them kill us. Like, what's the point? And that's when that's Paul right. and that's when he says Peter like, was like, yeah. whatever was like, we're not even at, he's like, don't forget the value of entertainment. We're not even at a feature length film or we're not even a feature length film. That's yet. what I, I couldn't remember if he said that at the same time, those two quotes or if they were separate. I think he did. Um, I think, he did. I think you're right. I think he did. Um, but yeah, anyway, that goes to the, like you're watching this scene and then you're like, well, there's gotta be some, like, this can't be it. Like there's gotta be more, you know? Yeah. Uh, well, oh, because no, what he feel- says is, uh, the audience, the audience wants, the audience needs more. They want a pause. Uh, what? Oh shoot! What's the line? They want a plausible. Um. Yeah, he says we're not up to a feature length film yet. And then uh, George says, "Why are you doing this to us?" And Paul says, "Why not?" And Paul said, "Um, oh shoot! No, it's not even here." See, I think that's a different section. No, it's not. I don't think so. I don't think so, Ryan. Oh, we're not up to no. It's the same thing. Here he goes. We're not up to feature length film yet. You want a real ending with a plausible plot development, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, but, that was all. The no, same there's time another one. Like, yeah. Sorry. Well, no, there's another quote about entertainment. You need to keep the entertainment value. That was from Peter, right? He said. Uh, uh, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I don't want to get into the minutia, um, but. Anyway, he's talking. He he says he says both of those things, and I think it points to this scene of like you're you're whatever, however many. I mean, you probably got at least a half hour left at this now. Probably not that. Maybe twenty minutes left at this point. Uh, when they're you know in the kitchen by themselves, um, you shouldn't forget the it's importance like, of entertainment. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the quote. <laughs> I looked at. Uh, I know it doesn't the matter. Of entertainment. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I'm glad you found that, but yeah, (laughs) I can't remember the order of the quotes, but he talks about, you can't forget the importance of entertainment and you know, we're not even to a feature length film yet. I think both of those are relevant in this scene where they're, you know, cause you feel like, well, well, that's it. Like, like, come on, you got to get out of here and then like, you know, get help. And then, you know, the, the movie will be over. You guys will be saved. But it's like, but Haneke's saying, no, no, we're not. We're not there yet. Like more, more stuff needs to happen. Like you're not truly right. satisfied because you haven't seen anything yet, and right. we still have to give you. We still got to give you that catharsis that you're waiting for. You know that action that you're waiting for. We can't let you just sit here with this couple while they're sad, and then that's you know cut to black end of movie, uh, because you haven't received that catharsis. And then, and then we get to the catharsis moment, which is when he's telling her that, you know, to pray and, uh, for how, how George is going to die. And then she grabs a gun and blows Peter away. 
And that is the catharsis moment. The only violence we yeah. see on screen, besides him hitting him in the knee, but even that, it's blurry and cut weird, so you can't really see what happened. You know what I mean? Just yeah. the way that's cut. It's it's quick, um, and you know it's not super violent. Uh, but this is the this is obviously the only real violence, the real gore we see. She blows him away. Boom! Blood splatter. Just you know massive hole in his the middle of his torso and he's toast uh blood all over the wall and then of course we hit the rewind but back and you know that is taken away and that's that's haneke taking that cathartic cathartic moment away from us and being like oh you almost had it but like nope nope you want you, you you don't you don't really want this you want you want these deaths to happen you, you want know? the bad guys to win violence you want the bad guys to win because really like yeah. really you're watching this for violence and like, Hey, if you're watching, you wouldn't be watching a thriller if you didn't want bad stuff to happen or else that's just, you know, you'd just be watching a comedy or a drama or whatever. So yeah. the only, this movie doesn't happen if they just go to their summer you know, or their vacation house and hang out on the boat and then go home on Sunday night. You know, there's no, there's no movie. There's nothing to watch. So that's Haneke saying, like, nope, we, we still got a movie to finish up here. So, like, that can't be it. Like, you, you you still got stuff to watch. And, you know, there wouldn't be a movie without these guys. So they got to stay alive and you have to die. You know, the, the family has to yeah. die. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's, it's throwing it back at the, the viewer's face of, like, this is what you think you want. You think you want this cathartic moment. But really, you wouldn't be watching this movie without these guys. So I'm going to keep them around and, you know give you what you want, which is the bad guy to do bad things to, you know, the good guy. That's what you watch thrillers for. Yeah. Um, so, and he just takes that, he just takes that and runs with it to the illogical, the logical ends or the illogical extremes of that, of that thought process of, you know, bad things happening to good people. That's the genre of horror or thriller or whatever. And he's just saying, here's, here's the logical end of that is the good people dying the bad people going off without anything happening to them and just doing the exact same thing again, you know, the next day. Yeah. Which is ballsy, but hey. Crazy, man. Uh, this whole movie was a roller crazy. coaster. Crazy. Crazy. In, in, like, uh, in, in like a slow roller coaster. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um. I, all right, so since we're in like this little lull here, I have a question. The first time he breaks the fourth wall, did you know he was breaking the fourth wall? Yeah, I thought he was. I thought he was winking to to Paul, like to Peter or to Peter. Yeah, I thought he was winking to him. I didn't realize he broke the fourth. The first time I realized he broke the fourth wall was whenever the bet happened. Well, no, because the first time he breaks the fourth wall is when he winks. Yeah, I know. Like that I, that is very clearly to the camera cuz it's such a close up. Like and he's looking right into the camera. It was you know? clear after the second time he broke the fourth wall. Okay. Does that make sense like I didn't know what game we were playing, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can totally get it. So I was kind of totally like gone. I was kind of like I don't know, did he break the fourth wall? I think he might have. Maybe he did and it wasn't clear until afterwards and then I was <laughs> like, like, "Oh, he definitely That was did. pretty weird. Yeah. yeah, you're like that was pretty weird. Because, like, you think uh, after the wink, maybe it'll, like, cut to somebody else. And then you're like, wait, no, maybe he did break the fourth wall on purpose. Maybe that was on purpose. Maybe that was on purpose. 
And then yeah. when the bet happens, you're like, oh, that was definitely on purpose. And you're like, yeah. these guys are crazy. Um, oh, a few more things. I want to talk about like the TV. I think the TV is a, a central motif of this because, you know, we got, first of all, this whole movie is a criticism on media and violence in media. And then we got the TV on and, you know, they're flipping around on it and uh, you see various things. Uh, that they're flipping through and they end up on this racing channel and there's like a crash happening, you know, cars sliding around the mm-hmm. first time we see it, not later when she turns it off. But, you know, we're seeing that. And then I think it's, it's, I think it's pointing out, it's like, even in this, you know, entertainment of car racing, like lots of people still just watch racing just to see the wrecks, you know, it's like, well, yeah, you know, 100%. like I thought the same uh, exact thing. You know, deep down, you're like, I don't want anybody to get hurt, but I, I would like to see a wreck. That'd be pretty cool. And it's like the same thing with the Thriller yeah. movie. You're like, you know, I want to see pretty much, I want to see these people get physically and psychologically ab- abused, but I want it to all work out in the end. Um, yeah, but so I want the good and, guy. And it's Haneke. Yeah, exactly. And it's like Haneke saying, like, here, this is what your media is, is you know, just uh, filled with, is these aspects of you wanting wanting violence wanting you know bad things to happen but you still you know you still want to end up good it's like it doesn't it doesn't end up good like violence begets violence and like you know bad things happen and like you know violence just leads to leads to death it doesn't it doesn't lead to the good guy always conquering in the end and like making it out alive right and you know besting the villain with their with their uh with their smarts and wit you know, because in real life, not not in real life, but like, I think the the rewind part is the epitome of like, the good guy doesn't win. This isn't this is a movie in terms of like that's the only way somebody can rewind. But it's like no, in real life that doesn't it just doesn't happen. Like the bad guys would win anyway. There's no need to rewind in real life, you know, because the bad guys win. Yeah, if you know what I mean. And that's sure. him saying like. Uh, this is this is the this is the culture you're participating in, and he's like putting it on screen. In, I mean, I I would say it's it's enough where you're picking up on it, but it's like not it's not like you put like some scene of some hardcore murder on you know on the TV to make it like yeah. super obvious, you know. Yeah. But he has the racing on the TV with the blood splatter, and you get it, you understand it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I thought that was I thought that was super interesting. Um, and you know it's and this the TV's on and they're like flipping through it while the while the family's just sitting there and it's like almost like it's an an, an escape for them, just like it feels like an escape for us. But they're still like they talk about later. It's almost like it's real life, you know. And they're engulfed in that, just like we're engulfed in this. And then it brings into up the question of like reality or fiction and stuff like that. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I think that TV set's pretty important. Yeah, I think it is too because it and especially I was thinking the same thing when the when the race was on. You're like, man, people I don't not a lot of people, most people watch racing in hopes of a crash. Yeah. You know. Or at least so, they don't they aren't mad when they see it. Yeah, exactly. And so when they turn it on and I think 
you know, he flips through a lot of things, but there, he doesn't stop at anything violent. The closest thing he gets to violent is like this car crash that had just happened. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh yeah, this is where we're stopping because this is what, this is what the people want. This is what the popular majority wants, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, yeah, that's what plays on. Um, Oh, there's also on the TV, there's a natural disaster happening. Um, so oh, on the news. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, does that does that speak to like how is is it's almost like humans' natural approach to want to see, especially in thrillers in these movies that are genre like that are in this genre to see these bad things happen, like violence is inherent in our nature. Right. And we need to see yeah, it. and I mean that's what uh, that's what he talks about. That's what Haneke talks about in this is that that's what he is trying to shine a light on is how, um, you know people love violence whether they want to admit it or not so i think what's interesting is we talked about this in cabin in the woods and i think with that man that was two years ago maybe it was a long time that might have been been Uh, two years ago that's crazy but uh anyway i think we talked about this where like part of the aspect of horror movies is to give us this catharsis and that's part of the whole like meta aspect of that movie but it's giving us this catharsis that we seek from horror movies. And that lets us keep our demons at bay. Like we're getting this release of this primal need of humanity to engage in violence, you know. And we're getting that release of seeing yeah. it on screen. So it keeps those, like in the in Cabin in the Woods, I think, uh, like you could say the, what do they call the ancient ones. The ancient ones represent the actual <laughs> terrible parts of human nature that we keep suppressed by these visions of monsters and ghouls and, you know, violence by seeing that on screen and creating these visions of monsters, uh, and then thus defeating the monsters, letting them wreak havoc, but then finally defeating these monsters. That's how we keep the true nature of the, like the violence that humans have in them at bay. Um, yeah. Or one of the ways, I guess. It, it, it's yeah. one of the ways that humans can seek catharsis. Um, and I think that's what I think. I think Haneke's exploring that here because he doesn't. But he explicitly doesn't give us the catharsis of, you know, that death scene of the bad guy and stuff like that. There's no right. there's no catharsis, just like in Cabin of the Woods. Um, like everything. The world ends up ending and the ancient ones rise because, you know, we didn't get the catharsis of seeing, you know, all the kids die, uh, like in a typical, typical slasher, like not enough of the people died. So we didn't reach the full catharsis of seeing that death and killing before the bad guy was defeated, you know? Right. Uh, we weren't left with the final girl or whatever. So, so here, like Haneke's denying us that catharsis that we normally would get, uh, in favor of letting... Letting the true inner nature of our violence, you know, see its, uh, like I said earlier, see the, the rational end of the of where it was going, um, without giving us that that depth that we're seeking, and that, you know, because yeah. we needed to we needed to see at least somebody die. We saw the boy die. Not good, you know, breaking one of the rules, I guess. But, you know, don't kill don't kill uh, dogs or small kids, and they did both first. Um, but they, they, well, and that, that was and another like, part of it too. He wanted to start with the dog because it, that's almost like the taboo thing. And he's like, You're right. gonna, even though I'm going to break this rule, 
you're gonna watch it keep watching yeah exactly and then you kill a kid and you're like you're still watching you're still watching yeah and then it's like like, does that say more about you than it does this genre or does it say you know what i mean exactly and then like at that point after you know dead dog dead kid we see the other kid was dead too you know in the other house yeah and it's like at that point when she blows him away you're like all right i've seen enough death of the innocent people like they've gone through enough now i'm ready boom kill these bad guys movie over catharsis reached and you know everybody goes happy from goes home happy from the theater at the end of the day but haneke's like no 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 we're not we're not we're not doing that and uh rips that out rips that away from us i also think it's interesting also another i feel like a meta or an on the nose quote from from the movie is he's like uh this is this is pretty early on and george says like hey i get it it's right after they go in the living room for the first time i think he's like i get it isn't that enough you know i get why you're doing this isn't that enough and you know paul thinks that's pretty funny and i feel like that's you know at a, at, a, at some point that's the audience saying like hey I get what you're doing here. And Haneke's like, no, I got to finish. <laughs> I got to show you. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, at one else? point, like, I think toward the end, too. And, like, you know, when I say, like, I kind of want to, like, at the end, you're kind of like, oh, I just kind of want to see a little bit more. Maybe it's just, like, it was, I think what, what kind of drew me into these two psychopathic characters um, first of all, I want to know what's up with the gloves. Do they really just have eczema <laughs> or what? I don't uh, think so. Dude, if anybody came up to me with gloves like that, I'd be like, do you have eczema? And if they, if they weren't willing to show me, I would be like, I'm leaving immediately. The real uh, moral of the story is if somebody comes to your house in all white with white gloves and asks for eggs, I mean, <laughs> just don't even open the give, door. Just give them the, give them the carton and run. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah give him the carton and then lock all your doors yeah um <laughs> that's the moral of this story uh some yeah some two 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 white boys with nazi with hitler youth haircuts come walking up to your door asking for eggs wearing white gloves probably not gonna have a good night um Uh, that's that's pretty much all I got. I was gonna bring up. Uh, I thought there was a couple movies that I thought that reminded me of this, and I'm I wouldn't be surprised Haneke felt some kind of uh, or kind of got some kind of inspiration from him. One was obviously Psycho. Uh, in terms of yeah, playing with the play, kind of playing the audience. Uh, you know, as fools because he in Psycho did we do Psycho? No, we did Vertigo. Uh, we should do Psycho sometime. But in Psycho, he's kind of playing the audience like you're you're on you're on Marion's side, but also spoiler for Psycho, uh, sixty two year old movie. But you're on Marion's side. But then when uh, oh shoot, what's his name? <laughs> Anthony Perkins. Uh, I can't remember his freaking name. I don't know how I can't remember this name. But anyway, when Anthony Perkins goes and puts the car in the swamp, uh, and it's it's not going down at first, and he's like, I need to go down to like hide my crime. Uh, and it's kind of floating there for a minute. You you feel empathy for him. 
you know, you're like, oh, I hope that car goes down. Like, he's going to be in so much trouble if that car doesn't go down. And then you're like, wait a second. This dude is is a murderer. Uh, why am I, like, hoping it works out for him? And I think that's Hitchcock. Yeah. You know, Hitchcock very very slyly playing the audience and like, what, what do you, what do you want here? Uh, and I think, you know, Haneke's doing the same type of thing um, in that way. And then another film I thought that also came out the same year, psycho 1960 was called peeping Tom. And it's about a serial killer who is also a cinematographer uh, and does uh, filming on the side. And anyway, his whole thing is he he loves the loves seeing what people look like the moment of their death or the moment before their death. So he like hooks up a rig to his camera and I'm not spoiling anything here. This happens in like the first 10 minutes of the movie. Uh, um, but he like hooks up some kind of thing to his tripod and like films them as he's killing them to like get it on to get it on film to see their death on film. So I've like part of that movie is saying like he is he's a stand-in for the audience of getting thrill and excitement out of watching you know on-screen death and on-screen violence um so i think that is also could be an influence of this but like like we said earlier i think just thrillers in general were the influence of this and violence in media were the main drivers of this but definitely saw something in both those movies that you know haneke used here as well yeah well Totally I'm done agree. rambling. I'm done rambling. You uh you got anything else? I don't think so. I think we I think we covered a lot of it. Um It's I mean, yeah. I, I like I said, I don't I don't think there's anything else I, I really have to say. I think if you watch this, it's worth the extra twenty eight to twenty nine minutes to listen to Haneke talk about it because it, it almost it adds it adds a lot to um it adds a lot to the Oh no, hold on. My headphones, they're dying. Um it adds a lot it adds a lot more context to the movie, you know. Uh, I'll probably watch that then. Um so, and then I read speaking of Criterion, I read a uh there's a decently long form article on it's called Funny Games. I didn't games. read that. I started to read it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Funny it's right games. Here. I don't you want to see how it ends? Uh, pretty solid article. Yeah. So if you get time, go read that, and then uh, all about Criterion. You can watch Funny Games on Criterion Channel, watch the extra on Criterion Channel, uh, and then read this on CriterionChannel dot com or Criterion dot com. One of the and Criterion Channel, like you that, should sponsor but. us. <laughs> you should. We should get a sponsor from Criterion Channel. We've been. We should get a sponsor from Criterion. Uh, yeah, man. We we so, honestly have. I've watched I've watched more Criterion Channel lately than I have in a long, long, long time. <laughs> yeah um so on that note i guess that'll do it for funny games uh yeah we don't have anything for next week <laughs> we don't next why would we in two weeks i guess two weeks i was yeah do that. um maybe it'd be something more lighthearted. i feel like we said that last time and then we end up doing something even darker uh this time than we did last episode so we'll, <laughs> this we'll is, see so i will say like i i'm not i'm not a huge fan and i, I think this is important too like i'm not I mean, we probably should have said this at the beginning for anybody who was kind of on edge about maybe watching i'm not a massive fan of 
thrillers or horror movies. I really don't. I mean, like the reason I haven't watched a good horror or like a horror movie in so long is because usually I'll watch maybe one, maybe two around Halloween time. But like, I don't really watch horror movies. It's just like one of those things. That it's just like, not really, I don't really watch a lot of it. So I was kind of like, uh, maybe cause we were talking this week and it was like between like a romance drama um, or this. And I was like, ah, I could, I could go for a little thriller. Let's see what it's about. And it's, I, I this is what I was getting at. I, I know it took a long time to, for me to get to the point, but this is so much more than just a thriller. It's a, it's a great, it's a, it's a critique on the media and the medium and the genre just as much as video drone is. Um, in my opinion, uh, it's really well done. The acting is amazing. It's, it's insane. It's insanely good. Um, so yeah, I but think I was, if I you're, I was going to bring up Videodrome. I'm so glad you did right at the end. I totally forgot to. But, yeah, it is. Yeah, totally. Sorry. So, yeah, that's all I got, really. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, I uh, I used to be that. I used to not like like horror that much. But I, the past few years, I've kind of gotten into it more. Uh, watched a wild horror movie at the theater last night, actually, um, called Mad God dude a wild ride but uh anyway um so i guess that's all we got for funny games and the ancillary content of it how can people find us on the internet ty you can find us multiple different ways um you can find us on instagram on twitter we're at Roll Podcast there. If you want to send us something more long form, your thoughts on the movie, your thoughts on movies we should do, any movie suggestions, you can get to us in the comments of any of those or direct messages, obviously. But you can also reach out to us on email. That's rollitpodcast at gmail.com. Have we asked? Have we solicited any any uh, ratings lately? Uh, I don't think... Well, I might have on the last one. But hey, we can do it again. If you want to help us out go to apple podcasts or anywhere you can review us and drop us a rating and review we'd really appreciate that um yeah and i think that will just about do it um we will see you all in two weeks with hopefully something a little bit more uplifting maybe i don't know maybe that's not our brand but we'll see what we got brainstorming that's uh that's what we'll be doing for the next two weeks and you should help us out with that by giving us some movie suggestions because we want to watch movies you want us to watch you want we want to watch movies uh you want us to talk about um so unless you want us to just keep going down this criterion channel rabbit hole reach out <laughs> hey i'm all for that i love the criterion channel rabbit hole i'll uh we'll see I'm, what's on dude that. i'm slowly i'm slowly becoming you know i was kind of i'm, I'm getting in i'm getting into it first you're, you're, you're skeptical me. I know. Yeah, we're getting there. I know. All right. We will see y'all in two weeks with uh, everyone's favorite, To Be Determined. See ya.